0: Right. welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, season three, episode number 22. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike?
1: Bring, bring. Hello, this is next year calling. We're looking for the Giants and the Cowboys. <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable divisional round, dude. Uh, but hey, listen, you know what, man? It was, not, it was not a day for the quad dog, but I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be here. We live to play another day. We should be happy in my mind.
0: And I guess we're getting into it right now, which is fine. We only have four games to cover, but I think the four best teams won. I think that the C-suite, government, Vegas, uh, you know, Wall Street Fat Cats got it right. And for those reasons, I am extremely mm. happy, Mad Money Mike. These
2: mm. championship
0: round games are just like I really I really am so excited to watch these games.
1: You really think you really think that the 49ers putting up only 19 points against the Cowboys rookie quarterback, can you really wholeheartedly say that you really think that they were the better team? Or would you agree that the Cowboys just let themselves down, but technically they were the better team? Listen, I Look, that's a
0: tough one to dissect, right? Because I agree what you're saying that look, the Cowboys have the higher ceiling. You are right, but you must agree that Dak Prescott has not looked good all year. And don't all let's also not underappreciate how the 49ers' skill players are pr- probably better than the Cowboys. It's just that Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback, so. I'm happy that the 49ers won. I think they are the better team. But I can't disagree with you that at their peak, the Cowboys have a higher ceiling. Does that, I guess, does that explain or does that make any sense?
1: For sure. For sure. I mean, this is one of those uh, classic uh, chicken and the egg style debates. No one's going to win this one. But uh, we could go on and on about it. I know that this is technically the, the last game of the four. That we would recap, so we can uh, we can pause, we can dive more into it in uh, chronological order. If you've got some things to go first, or uh, or I can just start the uh, the poo poo throwing fest right now if you'd like. I just
0: got off a helicopter, so I didn't really have time to prepare. So, man, buddy, Mike, if if you want to drive, if you want to talk about this game, if you want to take in chronological order, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm just really happy to be back on land and to be talking about football because. These last week of games, like I said, they were just such great games, and I'm super pumped for these conference championships.
1: Well, hey, I think uh, I speak on behalf of uh, all of our loyal listeners all around the globe, all you know <laughs> across the across the Milky Way. That uh, that we're glad to have you back, Big Bet Brain. It's just it doesn't feel right when you're not uh, in the contiguous 48 with us, you know. <laughs> but hey, but we appreciate you, man. Without uh, Without you, you know, out there, you know, how would our how would our diesel trucks even run? You know, like how would <laughs> how would we continue? How would we continue on without you, man? No, seriously though, it's uh it's wild to think about you out there on the uh on the platforms in the middle of the Gulf, man. You sent me the uh the little, you know, geo-locator ping and to uh see you out there in shark territory, dude, is a uh, is a little jarring, man. So I'm glad to have you back as well, buddy. It's good to see you and uh yeah, man. It's uh it was uh you know, it was a wild one. I know that you missed well you actually you said that you got to watch pretty much most of the games, is that right?
0: Yeah, I missed uh mo- a little bit of Bengals bills, but I did catch the end of it and then I caught I had I had to go to bed at like halftime at Cowboys Forty ers but I will say that uh I appreciate those those comments by the way, but the biggest thing is like because you're offshore on like company, you know, a company platform they have like web filters and stuff. So, like, I was not able to open up like uh, calf drinks for like four days. And, dude, like, I was itching so hard. I didn't realize how much I needed to just, I just, so I real I didn't realize like how often I just open it up and just look at things. Just like hey, look at dude. line movements. You know, it's like they let you have, they let you like look at Twitter. So, I was able to follow like, oh, the line movements. And I was like, oh, my God. But like, was never able to like get jump on there. And it's just, ah, oh, miss it, dude. Missed it. I'm so glad, man.
1: Yeah, hey, and kudos to you by the way on going with the uh, the PG version of the website that you uh that you really were bummed that you couldn't access, dude. Just keep <laughs> keeping it family friendly. That must have been <laughs> tough on you. But hey, you're back, dude. You can start losing money once again.
0: Oh man, not even gonna go there, Mammy Money, Mike. I tell you what. Why don't we just do it? Do it as normally. We'll we'll come back and trash uh, Cowboys for an hour more at the end. But let's let's take it from the top. Jaguars, yeah. Chiefs. This one the first leg of your quad dog, and I tell you, this game should have never happened. Like this game should have never covered. The Jaguars kick a last second field goal um to bring it to 20 to 27. So they cover the spread. Of course they don't get the onside kick, but Trevor Lawrence throws two late game interceptions. But clearly the story here is um <laughs> I'm just gonna bury the lead. But clearly the story here is Travis Kelsey with 14 receptions and two touchdowns setting uh, nfl records but no I, I kid clearly the story here is actually patrick mahomes with his ankle injury um of course the forward looking what does this mean for the conference championships but also i i believe that they should have not put him back in this game and the jaguars they actually left the back door and the front door the full door for the jaguars to win this game had they been able to put together any sort of turnover free offense in the second half i mean chad henney comes in puts in a 98 yard drive granted he only threw for like 23 of those yards but clearly he had command of the offense when patrick mahomes came back in it's a totally different without his mobility and his ability to throw the ball deep or plant on his back leg there were multiple instances where you know he just threw terrible passes he was trying to plant he was like testing his ankle strength but he just had none um I really think it was a mistake, and uh, almost a little bit of Andy Reid and the coaching staff, like uh, not really showing true leadership, right? Because Patrick Mahomes wants to be out there, and and I respect his heart and drive and will to play. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the long term viability of the player and to win the game. Um, so I kind of disagree with that decision. So, Mad and Mike, I've, I've been talking a lot. I'm curious your thoughts on this game and and how you think the Chiefs manage Mahomes' injury.
2: Well. I can tell you one thing, man. Um, You know, first and foremost, if Patrick Mahomes
1: never gets injured, I think that the Jags went outright. That's a hot take. Oh, my God. Come on. Hot take. Come on. Dude, come on, man. if If you were watching this game, which I know you weren't able to, they were just starting to get his number, man. They were really starting to pin him down. And. And then what happened is he gets injured Henny comes in. They're not prepared for Henny. They're, they're, they're a little bit out of sorts. They don't even like, for whatever reason, they like don't even play the run. That's on, that's on the coaching staff. That's on Peterson. You come right out of the gate that first drive and you let Henny go 98 yards. That's just, that, that's, that's unacceptable on so many levels. And they were running the ball. Like you said, he only threw for 23 yards. They were just snapping off 11 yard runs like they were, uh, you know, stealing candy from a baby. Jags need to be just like loading the box, playing the run, dominating the line of scrimmage, forcing Henny to throw, and they should punt there on that drive. But that didn't happen because they were all out of sorts. And just by the time they feel like they're getting their head wrapped around Henny, bam, Mahomes comes back in. Mahomes is playing a different style of offense that they hadn't game planned for. So I really, truly think that the game would have actually even been closer if Mahomes never got injured. Now, obviously, is that a hot take? Yes. Is there anyone out there who's going to agree with me? No, but I'm saying it anyways. All right. So that's the first thing. All right. Second thing. Second thing. I'll just hold, I'll just hold
0: my obvious rebuttals for myself and the rest of uh, sports watchers across the great world. But continue.
1: Listen, what I, what I just laid out, you can't argue with because it's just strictly opinion. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> what you just laid out cannot be argued with argue with because it's the worst take I've ever heard there's a hot take and there's just like wrong like hey sure, water is a solid like that's just wrong like that take is so bad man it's like no, no, Patrick come on. got injured and he comes back without mobility so he's the same person just without the ability to run and a worse quarterback and you're saying that somehow this is better for the Chiefs
1: well Sure. I did say that. Yeah. And I also I didn't just say it, though, but I gave a little bit of an explanation along with it. I mean, you all right, So you you explain to me then how it is that Henny and they, they come down on a 98 yard touchdown right after he comes into the game of uh, being a run heavy offense. Why is it that the Jags were not prepared for that? Obviously, you don't know. But the point Absolutely. that I'm, only- I'm, I'm with you, that the,
0: the Jaguars defense completely mismanaged that drive. But I don't think that had Patrick Mahom a healthy Patrick Mahomes stayed in there, that they wouldn't have gone ninety-eight yards down the field. I think they would have done the same thing and they'd have won by a billion. I think that like I said, the Jags gave away this game. They had an opportunity to win it, and they just did not adjust correctly.
1: Well, they made the Jags ended up making more of a move on the game after Mahomes came back. I mean they went the, Yeah I the last... agree with,
0: and, and, and like I said too, I don't think they should have put Mahomes back in. I think they should have kept Chad Henney in.
1: Yeah, well now obviously he's injured. So anyways, again, whatever. You know why I'm here. Hot take. I already <laughs> said no one's gonna I already said no one's gonna agree with it. I don't give do a crap. But also let's not forget that late fumble. Um, the wide receiver, whoever that guy was, who should now be cut and should join the uh the Wilson duo at the used car lot. Um uh Agnew. Do you remember that? Like Jags just like popping off, just like an amazing drive. They're gonna go down and score. And Agnew does like a ooh, ooh, I had like playoff game. Why secure the ball? Why secure the ball during a playoff game? Just coughs it up. That's the whole game right there. Or I mean, they would have easily covered. They would have covered even more. I mean, they still covered. They were still the first dog of the day. And all right, so enough of that. Kicking a dead horse there. But the other thing I wanna say is I actually do think that the Kelsey thing is the story. Because if you're telling me that after everything that you know about Kelsey, that you're not going to bracket him all game, you're not going to do a double team bracket and shut him down and just let him do that to you, that that's not a story. I mean, it doesn't matter what else happens on the rest of the field, because if it's someone else, it's not him. And there's no way that someone else is going to do what he did. So you just put, you just double team him, you bracket, you know, a guy behind and a guy in front. The guy in front playing him, the guy behind playing the quarterback, or, you know, whatever, a standard double team bracket, shut him down and let whatever else happen on the field happens. That to me is the only way you can do it. To let Kelsey do what he did to you to set an NFL record is so far beyond the line of inexcusable that I actually do think that's the story. I really do. Uh, anyways, so yeah, that,
0: that's an example. I completely agree with what you're saying. That, that's, a, that's a very specific example of how the Jaguars defensive coordinator and defensive game plan was just bad and it yeah. cost them a chance to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead you don't get many of those chances
1: no no they really could have too
0: so yeah right, that was the Saturday morning game or Saturday uh you know early early game I guess and then the Saturday night game this wasn't too much of a game Giants head into uh Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. This game was a really? blowout. It was twenty-eight nothing at half. The Giants win the toss, right? And it's like one of many bad decisions. The first one's like, "Hey, we'll defer. We don't mind playing from de- from behind." You know what I mean? We're a, we're a potent offense. Daniel Jones, he's well known for his uh prolific passing. You know, passing abilities. Saquon Barkley. You know, we don't need to run with him too much. I think that was a bad decision right at the gate. So they go down oh, seven nothing, and then. The, their first time touching the ball, they're already losing, but it's okay. First drive. They take a sack, becomes fourth and eight midfield. They try to go for it, just like no momentum. E- turn the ball over, of course. Eagles get it. Down, now they're up 14-0. Eagles have no chance to play ball control, You know, temp, uh, slow tempo offense, ground and pound, like they normally do. And they just, they never gave themselves a chance, 38-7. to I'm like, I did see this blowout coming, but at the end of the day, like, Dable and the Giants, they're better than this. They're better than a 38-7 to loss in uh, the divisional round.
1: Well, obviously, yeah, they are better than this. I mean, you pretty much pretty much covered all the bases. I mean, the, the one thing is that the Giants are just simply not a play-from-behind team. You go back and you look at what they did all season long, their wins primarily came from when they had the lead. So to, to defer... To defer all the coin toss and think that you somehow have like some sort of a stellar defense that's gonna like prevent the Eagles from scoring is just you know, mismanagement. I mean, you covered it all, man. You said it all. It was stupid. It wasn't even a game. This was the worst thing that's happened to the NFL since I don't know, Dan Snyder. Whatever. You know, it was awful, dude. It was the worst. It was a it was a shutoff, dude. It was a snooze fest. It killed the quad dog right off the bat. Quad dog didn't <laughs> even make it. Into, <laughs> didn't even make it into Sunday, dude. I just was throwing things at the TV. Just inexcusable, complete garbage football. You know I, what? I would, can you say, man? I will say that like a couple of,
0: uh, you know, real, real ref, not nah, refreshing, but uh, I don't know, optimistic points. You know, it's great to see Jalen Hurts back and looking good. Yeah, sixteen for twenty-four. He didn't have to do much. One hundred fifty-four yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Nine rushes for 34 yards uh, and a touchdown, so that was great. Also, the Eagles' defensive line and defense overall stout. You know, 49ers level stout. They sacked Daniel Jones five times for 26 yard losses, held him to 24 yards rushing. Daniel Jones, like week before, ran for over 70. So, I'm, I'm like I said, Eagles Niners, the matchup uh, for the NFC, the two best teams by far. And uh, you want to move to the Sunday games, my money, Mike.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, we covered it all. I just, uh, you know, I feel bad for anybody out there who, like, went with that old cliche that, like, coming off the bye week, they'll be sluggish. You know, whoever whoever out there said something like that really got exposed not knowing crap about football. So, uh, uh, you know, one foot in the grave for that poor soul and, <laughs> uh, and, and moving on, you know. Uh,
0: all right. Well, yeah, let's talk uh, the Sunday game, starting with the Bengals versus the Bills. This game was surprising. I will say it was great to see uh, like snowy Buffalo football. But at the end of the day, the Bills, they just don't have it. You know, I really do wonder what is going to come out? What is going to come from back in like week two or week three when Josh Allen hurt his elbow? And he just hasn't been the same since. He just hasn't had the same accuracy. It's been his crutch all year, him turning the ball over, which is so unchar- uncharacteristic of him. And he did have I think uh, two inter- or at least one intercept. Yeah, he had one interception today. Um, in fact, I meant I meant to say this for all four games. It, it's the team that won had fewer penalties and fewer turnovers in every single case, except the Eagles had more penalties. So like clearly discipline matters and turnovers matter in this, uh, in this time of year. And that showed here as well. The Bills, like I said, Josh Allen with the turnovers. Um, also, their lack of running game, like you have to be able to rely on a running back to rush the ball. I think besides Josh Allen running backs at like 35 under 40 yards. Um, so like I said, you combine Josh Allen's what, what I suspect is some sort of more serious elbow injury being, um, you know, affecting his ability to be a good quarterback. And then on top of that, you're asking him to do too much. I just don't think it's sustainable. Um, I think they really need to kind of look deep and think, how am I going to adjust my offensive scheme for next year? Because they have so much potential. Um, they just need to kind of, you know, dial it back, um, with Josh Allen, really being a one man show. And on the flip side of the coin, you know, kind of like, uh, what did Joe Burrow say? better send those refunds. You know, the, the, the Bengals once again, reaffirming like, Hey, Joe Burrows is is the dominant AFC quarterback and, uh, the Bengals, you know, for back-to-back years, headed to the AFC Championship.
1: Yeah, Bengals are the real deal, man. It's crazy to uh, see the way that the season played out for them. Almost coming out of the gate looking like they were going to have a season like the Rams, you know, uh, a real Super Bowl hangover type situation. But just continuously from that point on, improving, 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 and then like, you know, now peaking, just, uh, you know, Whatever they got going on in the locker room, team chemistry, the whole nine yards—they know how to uh, continuously improve, and uh, it's pretty cool to see, man. Yeah, as far as Buffalo, they just—if you really look at their play, like who do they have? You know, it's like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, can you even name anybody else? You know what I mean? Like, they were relying on Cole Beasley. They were relying on a guy that retired, and, like came back, and, like can't even be seen on the field. You know, he's like a you know, so, yeah, they just don't have the playmaker. You got to have, you have to have a dominant running back. You have to. Yeah. Yep. Just like, uh, I had I just checked the,
0: ch- check the stats. Joe Burrow, elite level quarterback, comparable to Josh Allen. They have like two or three top tier wide receivers, not just one. And then they okay. have Joe Mixon. The bills have like, uh, Naheem Hines and like Devin Singletary.
2: Ooh. Yeah. They, You're exactly can't... right.
0: You have to have. A more balanced, powerful offense—not just, dear Josh Allen, throw to Stephon Diggs, or maybe Gabe Davis makes a miracle catch this week. And and and, and, we 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 do need to give you know a nod to Dawson Knox. He's been really good, but he's no Travis Kelsey. He's no like no. If anything, like Josh Allen has made Dawson Knox a top tier uh, tight end. Not uh, what I would say. You know, him just having the talent.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So. That's it. I mean, there's not much else to say. Just from a coaching standpoint, just ask your opinion real quick. Um, with uh, about seven and a half minutes left in the game, the Bills are down by 17, which is officially a three score game. You cannot overcome a 17 point deficit with only two scores. You're down by three scores and they go for it on fourth down deep in Cincinnati territory from the Cincinnati 16. They go for it and they don't get it. The game remains. Remember, three- what I'm saying is like. Fourth a few- and what? Yeah, fourth and six. Oh, uh, fourth and, six. Ooh, fourth and yeah. six. So you kick a field goal there and now you make it a two score game. You eat into the three scores. Like you have to have a third score anyways. I feel like we keep seeing this. We keep seeing this year after year in the NFL. It starts. It reminds me of the. There was like a Green Bay situation. Like this, not last season, but the season before. I do not understand. You have to have the third score at some point in time. So you take it now. You your players see the score on the board. They now know two scores. If you if you don't get it, it's game over. So the game was effectively over at that point. Obviously, I mean, well, do you agree with me that you kick a field goal there and you make it officially two score game? I completely agree with you. I will say though, it's based on it being fourth and six. Like if you'd
0: have told me fourth and one or fourth and two, I I would not have blamed them. You know, I I see right. both sides. If it's fourth and one and fourth yeah. and two, but fourth and six, you're absolutely right. That is no gimme. You know, fourth down conversion, fourth and six. Your odds got to be like twenty five to thirty three
1: percent. And you yeah, also factor be in what you've done. What have you done all game? You've been able to put up ten points all game, but now somehow. In some sort of a miracle, you're going to be able to pick up a fourth and six, even though you've done absolutely crap all game. So yeah, what a, what a
0: disappointment, man. The Bills getting held to 10 points in a home playoff game. Ouch.
1: Yeah, garbage. See you later. I hope they break up the team, honestly. I want to see Josh Allen get traded. And I want to see him just shut down the stadium, dude. No more Bills Mafia. You're done. 10 points in the game. You're done. It's over. Well,
0: <laughs> come on. All right. right. You don't like you don't like the you're not more mad at the Bills
1: than you are the Giants are you? Well, the thing is, is that you have to gauge your expectation. Obviously, the quad dog would have been nice, but it's like the Giants and like little whiny face, like he's just like a meh face. He's like the like the, the human version of Grumpy Cat. It's like he's like a constant puss on his face. I can't even remember his name. What the hell's his name? Daniel
0: Jones. You bet, Daniel on Jones.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't bet on him in particular. I bet on the Giants that I thought were peaking. They had a good win the week before, anyways. So there's no real expectations there. Yes, I bet on them, but no real expectations. But the Bills, the whole world is talking about Josh Allen. Dun, dun, dun. It's like you just think of the words Josh Allen, and you just immediately see like flames and an eagle and like a like a you know a, someone wielding an axe. You know, someone pulling a sword out of a stone. It's Josh Allen, and you come out and you score ten points. It's a complete upset of expectations. And anytime my expectations get upset, I'm ready to shut it down, dude. No second chances in my world.
0: Uh, I will say that uh most people maybe were talking about the Buffalo Bills, but luckily our loyal listeners were listening to this podcast, listened to my lock of the week, which is Buffalo plus five. I'm sorry, Bengals plus five. I was saying <laughs> that all last week too, but uh no. It was it was Bengals plus five and Bengals on the money line and uh now we're all stacking ched to take a page out of your book, so Emily, Mike, moving from uh, the Buffalo Bills, who scored 10 points, to the Cowboys, who scored 12 points. Um, not enough to beat Brock Purdy and the 49ers, who, for the first time, I would say, looked human. Um, they looked defeatable. Uh, the 49ers have won, like, nine straight, most of them massive blowouts. But um, I do want to give some props to the Cowboys' defense, who played a playoff-caliber game. It was just, once again, the Cowboys' offense who really let them down. Uh, Dak Prescott. Kind of, you know, plagued by the same turnover issues that uh, Josh Allen has, uncharacteristic, but all year. He threw two this game. Also, they lost Tony Pollard, um, you know, really wish, wish for his speedy recovery. But Zeke Elliott has to be like the most overpaid, overrated running back. And he is just, the, the shoes are too big for him to fill. He can't do it anymore. So with those two things.
1: Never, anymore. In the, in the, he never did it in the first place.
0: Well, I mean, he got paid, so he did it one year. You know, you remember this one year? He, me. he, he literally did. did
1: it one year.
2: That's it. Once.
0: That man did it right. I mean, he, he he went down to Malibu and sipped on his Mai Tais until Jerry Jones paid him, and then he quit playing football, and now he's rich. So props to him, like, you know, as a businessman, but as a football player, you're absolutely right. He did it once, and he hasn't done it since, and the Cowboys are suffering for it. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, great defense by the Cowboys holding the Niners to 19 points. Uh, making Brock Purdy and that offense uh, look human. Um, so, yeah, Bad Mike, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, turnovers and, and penalties. Uh, the Bills had eight penalties for 69 yards. The Cowboys had seven penalties. So discipline matters. We've always been harping on Mike McCarthy for uh, the Cowboys like a discipline and two turnovers and seven penalties in a division round playoff game on the road versus one of the league's best defenses. Uh, Definitely not going to get it done, but props for holding the Niners to 19 points and uh, see you next year.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, two of the most disgusting words I will ever speak. Now, by themselves, totally fine. But when you put these two words together, they become the most toxic, vile words that can be spoken
2: across the entire universe. Mike McCarthy.
1: (laughs) I have never, I had more disgust for another human being in my entire life. I'm telling you right now, if this guy doesn't slip on the ice, snap his femur, it is just an injustice to all of mankind. This idiot, this complete Muppet, he gets all the way to the San Francisco 40-yard line. The drive starts at the nine-yard line. They get to the San Francisco 40, all right? They're all the way on the other side of the field, the San Francisco 40. Now, they take a delay a game, but essentially they're at the 40. I mean, they punted from the 45, but they're at the 40. Immediately after they punt, San Francisco blows by the 40-yard line in three plays. So, here's what you're doing as a coach. Any time that you're punting, you're obviously making an assumption that the team that you're punting to will not be able to get to that yard line. That is that is it. That's the only assumption because that's what's happening. You're at this yard line because if you go for it on fourth down and you don't get it, the other team gets it at that spot. So therefore, that's the spot. So if you punt, you're saying the other team will not get to this spot. So at that junction of the game, you're trying to say, that somehow the 49ers are not going to be able to get to their own 40-yard line. That's the decision you're making. As a coach, in a playoff game, with everything on the line, after you started to drive at your own 9-yard line. So, that's could this, it. That, could that, this
0: have could this have been just like the culmination of Brett Maher and him not being decisive in getting a new field goal kicker that could actually kick a decent field goal?
1: Yeah, because what is 40 yards is 50? Well, that's a pretty 57. long one, dude
0: the 57 figure. Hey, that's a system kick for uh, Justin Tucker.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. I agree with what you're saying, but you know, what I'm saying you,
0: is that Mike McCarthy makes bad decisions all over the place and all it over. all rolls up and compounds themselves together almost like daily interest rates on a credit card.
2: Yeah. He there hasn't a, been
0: paying his bills and now his his statement is due and he is out of the playoffs.
1: worst. I really want them to go so bad. I'm looking through here in the play by play. I could have swore there was another I thought that they did that. I thought that they did that twice. I thought they punted from uh from deep the, well, they fumbled. They went for it on fourth and five. And I don't this know This is
0: fumbled. good podcast content.
1: Yeah, whatever. I'm just man. Say that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm Joe will be real disappointed in this. Anyways, the point that I'm making is that Mike McCarthy is worse. If he does not get fired, I'm done. I won't watch football anymore. I don't believe it's real. It just becomes WWE at that point, dude. Just fake I think the closest yeah. chance I think the closest chance
0: that we had at McCarthy getting canned was him trotting out Brett Maher for like a forty yard field goal and but Maher actually made the kick this time. When they trotted him out, I was like, Whoa, that's a gutsy play right there. Like you're essentially risking your job on the gipsiest man ever, but he just so happened to make the field goal, so
1: Sadly, the play I think calling. he's
0: gonna be here for another year.
1: Also, the play calling was just garbage the whole time. There was nothing creative whatsoever about the play calling. They weren't running screens, they weren't running whatever, they weren't doing anything. They were just having Dak Prescott just drop back, time and time again, just drop back, try to pass, sling it. Drop back, look for a receiver, sling it. There there was no there was no creative play calling whatsoever. I mean, I just I, I And just,
0: it's such a stark juxtaposition.
1: When you have the
0: Cowboys playing the 49ers, who maybe have—I don't know if "maybe" is the right word—like most likely have the most exotic offensive playbook in the entire league.
1: Absolutely. I don't know why I ever bet on the Cowboys, man. That stupid game against the Bucks really messed up my head, dude. They scored like a billion points and looked like the best team in the league. Classic Ma- NFL, man.
0: Mad Money Mike, this is your lesson. I tried to tell you this in the pod <clears throat> last week, years ago, when the Chargers had a really good wild card round game and they were heading into Gillette to play the Patriots. They were five-and-a-half-point dogs, and I, I said this on the pod. I said, man, those Chargers are really good. You kind of overreact and think a team looks really good, and you kind of forget about the team on by, how good they are. So now you know. Now you have your data point, and you won't make that mistake again.
1: Hey, I did get half of it right, though. You gotta, you have to admit, and you already did. You already said it at the very top. You said, hats off to the defense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. at, least, at least I got half of it right. All right, whatever. See you next year, Cowboys, and they'll lose. They'll always lose from now on. This is it. I promise you, this was their one and only shot. The ship has now officially sailed. Dallas goes. You want to make
0: a bet? Even money. Even money. Hundred bucks. I'll bet Cowboys make the playoffs next year.
1: Okay, but making the playoffs doesn't mean anything. Look at okay, our, look, at the, look at the crap. Look at the crap. Okay, well, what you're saying? So what you're saying is that making the playoffs is that alone is success for the Cowboys?
0: Well, I think that keeps you in the conversation. When you say a team is done, in my mind, the assumption is okay, they they did not make the playoffs.
1: If you I'll make, make it, the playoffs, you you're want, not done. You want to make a long term bet with me right now? You wanna make a ten year bet with me? Come on. I will the Cowboys will not make it to the NFC championship game for at least ten more years. Now obviously I'll be dead by that point in time, but you can take it up with Elena. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. right. Anyways, man, we got to move on. Actually, wait. Hey, but on
1: this, let me read this. Let me read this. I sent this to you. On this note, Jalen Hurts wasn't even born the last time that Dallas played in an NFC title game. That means that Hurts was born, grew up, learned how to play football, went to Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma, got drafted, sat behind Wentz. And then got to the NFC title game all before Dallas has ever gotten back.
2: Man, a, lifetime, a, lifetime,
1: a lifetime, dude. Dallas is perennial garbage. And it's, it really starts with Jerry Jones, dude, 100%. Uh, he's the one who hired Mike McCarthy. And I, we said it at the time. We said it at the time. Roll the tape. However many seasons ago, if Mike McCarthy was unable to win in Green Bay with that particular Aaron Rodgers team, at that point, he had to have been persona non grata in the NFL. The fact that Jerry Jones went and hired him after that is proof that Jerry Jones is just some old kook who is just running it into the ground, and they'll be garbage as long as he continues to got yeah, I uh, think
0: Jerry Jones, he's definitely older than all the congressmen and women. I think he's older than Joe Biden, too. So, I mean, like, what sort of mental acumen right, well, do
1: you actually personally- think he has? First of all, you and I both know that nobody is older than Joe Biden, but he but I agree that Jerry Jones comes in a close second. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: all right, well, before we lose the other half of our audience, Mammy Mike, let's talk about in my mind the two best football games of the season. Yes, we made it to Conference Championship Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers heading into Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. I'm pretty sure this line has been stagnant since it came out Eagles a solid two-and-a-half-point favorites. Not quite catching the full three. Over-unders at 46-and-a-half. 49ers on the money line, plus 125. Eagles, minus 145. Oh, my God. I really can't wait for this game. Bad Money Mike, like I said, I think the Dallas defense kind of opened my eyes. I did not think the 49ers were stoppable. I thought they were unstoppable. This was kind of the first case. Where it was like, okay, Brock Purdy is a rookie. He is a human. And for those reasons, I'm taking the Eagles definitely on the money line at minus 145. And since I kind of think it should be a full three, I think I'm going to take the Eagles minus two and a half. What do you think?
1: Oh, I don't even have to think about it, dude. I I'm, I think about taking the Eagles minus two and a half the way I think about breathing. It just happens. No <laughs> thought goes into it, dude. My hand is already just like over the mouse. It's like click, click, click. Now, obviously, my DraftKings account says uh, permanently locked out, but I'm still clicking it anyway. <laughs> but, dude, this is this is approaching Lodiotis right here, okay? This Lock scares of the, the hell out of me, by the state. way. <laughs> <Kiss of death.
2: laughs> Goodbye, Eagles. <laughs> Real sorry, Doug.
0: Real sorry, Jalen. Uh, but seriously, though, this does kind of give me pause. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson, he's won a Super Bowl before.
2: Boy. Doug Peterson is I really starting to second oh, guess myself. Yeah,
1: Doug, Doug Peterson is the coach of the Jaguars, by the way. Oh, does he have, any, does he have anything I'm to do sorry. with? The
2: yeah. Oh, I'm he's sorry. he's gonna
1: now that the Jaguars <laughs> are eliminated. Now that the Jaguars <laughs> are eliminated, they got him on the red phone. Uh huh. Little brain fart oh, right there. Yeah. Was Nick that really Sirianni.
0: special? Nick Sirianni, he's either first or a second year coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's got. Remind me, do you remember his Super Bowl experience? Was he a offensive coordinator somewhere when they won a Super Bowl?
1: I don't know. He's just like. He's just a he just had a daddy. I think he's you know?
0: Falcons offensive coordinator.
1: He's he's uh he's in charge of uh, nepotism.com, dude. Just because your dad coached in the NFL, you get a job. Come on, man. Dad
0: hi dad. He was. He was offensive coordinator for the Falcons. So
1: hi dad. Um dad, I'm really nervous. I have a rookie quarterback. What should I do, dad? That's what Kyle that's the phone call Kyle's making right now. Dude, have you seen these Eagle fans? I am telling you right now, dude, this is the rowdiest bunch of nut jobs, dude, this side of the Atlantic, dude. These guys are going to absolutely wreak havoc on the mental stability of the 49ers. This game being in Philadelphia is huge, huge, huge home advantage. And, and
0: the 49ers have one less day of rest because they played on Sunday. Eagles played on Saturday. All right, Mammon Mike, even though you have kiss of death, the Eagles, and somehow the 49ers are going to win this game. Uh, I still got to ride with you. I, I I can't change my pick. I like Eagles. Uh, I think we're both riding with the Eagles here. Loyal yep. listeners, buyer beware.
1: Hey, by the way, I just want to point out that, you know, if you do the responsible thing and you take the quad dog as individual bets, I'm a push, baby. I go two and two. Hey, what's two and no, two Eagles, in betting? You
0: went one and three. What? You went one and three, my man.
1: Oh, I didn't. The Bengals oh, the the yeah, yeah. covered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you keep thinking that the Bills were plus five. You said it like a hundred times. Been.
2: They should have been plus <laughs> yeah, five. Yeah, they should have. They still no.
1: wouldn't have covered. Okay,
0: let's All talk right. the, uh, no. No, the, the AFC that, Championship.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying, the point there is that I am not necessarily against of death. I don't want you to infect our loyal listeners with that kind of unplaced negativity about yours truly. Either way, Eagles. Look, me awesome.
0: saying it on this podcast once right now isn't gonna you know make or break anybody's minds. any loyal listener that has listened to this podcast for the last three seasons over well,
1: 100 at one point roll the, the tape that. roll the tape when i was like five and two i was like five and two on locks of the week at one point in time somewhere early in the season i was absolutely crushing yeah, it you were and i said crash out roll the tape i said be done with it cash out right now you're way up be done with it so Anybody Since then stuck, you've gone you
0: four and ten. You're now
1: yeah, nine big and deal. 12 exactly. in locks of the week. Okay, who cares? Whatever. The point is is that if you had listened to me, this is the whole point. Walk away, Mike. I try to get you now. See, you don't know how to walk away. So you, if you were following me the whole time, you would now be losing. I'm eleven
0: but, and ten. I'm eleven and ten. You're bro, essentially I about a push. you right
1: now. Yeah, congratulations right now. Listen, I felt bad. I felt bad that I was beating you in locks of the week, so I slowed down and let you catch up. I know you needed the <laughs> well, All
0: of a sudden you're a good Samaritan. Yeah. That lines up. That sounds all right.
1: right. Listen, no kiss of death. <laughs> Eagles, two and a half lock. Let's get to the real meat and potatoes of the weekend where the rubber hits the road. Nobody knows what to do. We're all paralyzed. We don't know which button to click. Chiefs minus one. This is this is this is crazy. What are you gonna do? So for starters,
0: this game is in Arrowhead. No, it is not a neutral site Atlanta game. Ha ha Bengals get the last laugh. But Mammy I mean, Mike, this yeah, you're absolutely right. This spread has been bouncing all over. It opened, I think, Chiefs minus two and a half. Went all the way to Bengals minus two and a half. And then just today, uh, well, starting kind of yesterday, because Mahomes practiced yesterday, but today he was listed as a full participant. <clears throat> it's gone all the way back to Chiefs minus one, like you said. Um, so the money line is essentially, you know. The same, like Bengals minus 105, Chiefs minus 115. Over under is 48. And I'm going to tell you right now, Money Mike, Mad Money Mike, give me the Bengals plus one. I'm so happy that I'm getting points now. I'll probably just end up taking them on the money line. Bengals are going to win this game. And uh, it's not, to be honest, I kind of view it like last week. Like it's not even particularly close to me. I'm just glad I don't have to give two and a half points. When you, even with the fully healthy uh, Mahomes, I'm still taking the Bengals. And then you give me a potentially Gimpy Mahomes. I'm riding with the Bengals all day.
1: The only thing I don't like about this is there has never, in my mind, with Mahomes being injured, with the Bengals' dominant performance over the Bills, the Bayou Bengals hype mania, Joe Burrow, Cool Joe Burrow, Cool Joe, Joe Cool, you name it, man. The the hype is insane. The amount of money that's got to be coming in on the Bengals. Just the sheer number of bets the average Joe, everybody they know, is just pouring in on the Bengals. It's just too obvious to me, man. You know how we get all we get all tripped up, man. We, there's trippity traps that they're laying everywhere. It just feels so unbelievably obvious to me. That's the thing that makes me nervous. But I'm telling you right now, man, gun to the head, pick the winner. Of course, I'm taking the Bengals. And to be honest with you, man. I don't see any reason why not to tease it up and get a little bit better odds. You know, you tease it to like Bengals minus one, minus one and a half. I would even take Bengals minus two and a half. I definitely have the Bengals winning by a field goal with Mahomes being injured. So I don't know. I mean, absolutely. Anyways, I want Bengals money line or Bengals plus one, whatever you want to call it, a thousand percent. But uh, with Mahomes being injured and all the hype, it feels so obvious that it makes me feel weird. But absolutely, Bengals, Bengals.
0: I gotta say I, I do think both of these are gonna be close games. Um so like teasing like teasing the, the Bengals up to plus seven and like teasing the Niners up to like plus nine, like you know, a six point, you know, Wong teaser or whatever. Um uh, two team six point teaser, I think you could almost tease either team six points each way. I really see both these games being closed. I, I don't see any of these being a blowout. The only way this could be a blowout is if the Bengals blow out the Chiefs. That's like really the only blowout that I see. Um and like I said, I think I've hit my last three locks of the week. Okay, I've hit I've hit five of my last six locks of the week. Um so I'm I'm really kinda I'm really kinda seeing the field, you know. Um, not to toot my own horn a little bit there, but toot toot. So uh so yeah, anyway, kinda to recap. Really super pumped two games on Sunday. Hey, I did hear this, Matt Money Mike. What do you think about one game on Sunday, one game on Monday? What do you think of that versus what we have currently? Or one game one, on Saturday, one game on Sunday,
2: you know, as opposed to
1: what we have, which is
0: two games on Sunday. Back to back. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, a thousand percent, you know, I think that this, I mean, you know, we, we go over this a million times. The scheduling stuff is always so weird. It definitely feels like it punishes people who, for whatever reason, like, are tied up on Sunday. Absolutely spread out the games. Sunday, Monday would be great. Why not give some of these guys more rest? The thing is, is that whoever played on Saturday, you know, the way that they have like one team having less rest than another team, what in the absolute, you know, what the heck is that about, man? That's, that's criminal, dude. What is the NFL Players Association doing? We see quotes all the time from these guys like, oh, and this is the reason why I wish we had a stronger Players Association. I mean, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, these guys need to strike or whatever. But this kind of stuff is absurd. We see it all throughout the year. There's so many easy, low-hanging fruit, logical, common-sense solutions to this whole rest thing. I think, that the, I think that the Thursday night games, I think whoever plays on, if you're going to play a Thursday night game, you should be followed by a bye week. Um, that, that, to me, makes sense. Like, that's how you do the bye weeks, is you match you them should up with have the a
0: thir- pre. You mean a precursor be the bye week?
1: whatever yeah you know what i'm saying like you 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 never run into a situation where the teams play on sunday and then on thursday and have that little rest because they had the bye week before so however you do it you always prevent that from happening easy logical stuff like this why would you have one team that has one less day of rest playing the other team has more you could do that have both you know move those games to whatever whatever blah 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 so um seems like low-hanging fruit i never understand what the nfl scheduling stuff and what you're asking absolutely you gotta split these up have both games on one day is is just poor dude just poor it's illogical it just makes perfect sense welcome to america
2: all right (laughs) well that takes us to our signature segment locks of the week I tell you what, mm-hmm. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rush. Right, how much? Hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars? Thousand? Hey, wait a second! What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry, about. it's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Mad Bunny Mike. As soon as he steps down from his soapbox, we'll get his lock of the week. So I will start with mine. Like no, I said, no, for, five out of eleven. <laughs>
1: I'm going okay, first. Go. I got Eagles minus two and a half.
0: <laughs> oh, man. He really climbed down that ladder pretty quick.
1: <laughs> I don't want you swooping. That's what you did to me last week, dude. You took, Bengals, you took the Bengals first. I was forced Bengals into plus taking the Cowboys.
0: My lock of the week. Bang, I'm riding with the Bengals again. I've taken the Bengals three out of the last six locks of the week. They've covered all three. I'm taking them again, and I'm getting a point. Bengals plus one at Chiefs. They're going to make it to their second straight Super Bowl. Patty Mahomes is going to lose his fourth straight to Joe Burrow. And the Bengals and Zach Taylor and that potent offense are going to make it to the Super Bowl. That is going to do it for Locks of the Week and bring us to our closeout segment, Diaper Dad Diaries. Mad Money Mike, why don't you go ahead and take this one too?
1: Well, Diaper Dad Diary this week is uh, we once again had another sickness in the house, dude. These uh these kids, man, that's all they do. They're just like these little like viral sponges, dude. They just get sick constantly. And uh and then everybody gets sick. So uh, last uh I see last Wednesday she went to her little like music class and um you know, some little snot-nosed punk kid parents are you know not courteous enough to like keep them home. They come in, they snot all over the little drumsticks and the tambourines my sweet little innocent daughter who doesn't know any better just like goes over to like play and have a good time she picks up little punk kid's snot germs on her hands of course she probably puts them in her mouth whatever like kids do she woke up friday morning and uh you know like we uh we like open her door or whatever it's like my throat hurts my throat hurts and we're just like damn uh i mean the first words out of her mouth that was pretty wild and then uh, you know by saturday You know it's the waterworks coming out of every hole, and you know it's just rough, man. And then, and then, so that was Saturday, and then by, by Monday, Elaine and I were sick. And uh, you know, what are you gonna do, man? Not all the diaper dad diaries can be uh, rosy stories. Is what it is. You know, got to, got to buck up. But you know, the funny thing is, man, is there there are some silver lining. Like she's never more like, like snuggly and just like, you know, I need a hug. This the the number of times she said this phrase. I, if I had a dollar for every time she said this to us over the last week, I could like pay off my gambling debts. She would go, Daddy, I just need a hug right now. I'm not feeling good. (laughs) Dude, it's like the cutest thing. We got it on video, man. I have to send it to you. I just, can you just hug me real quick? I'm not feeling very good, you know? And then you like pick her up, and she's like, it's like the best hug. It's like a full body weight, just into you hug. And uh, oh, man, and then you know, lots you. of um, like you know, falling asleep on us because she like can't like go to sleep like you know by herself. She's all messed up. So you're like in there laying with her. You know, you're in the the recliner, laid back, falling asleep on you. It takes you back to those those early days, the type of days that Dejan Dad is enjoying right now, man. Mm-hmm. They sleep on you like that. There's uh, there's nothing like it. So uh, yeah. Anyways, man, um, you know, everybody's starting to get better now. So that's the old diaper dad diary of the week. Man, that is too cute. Real sorry
0: to hear about. Uh, real sorry to hear about that. Um, but glad to hear y'all on the men. So, definitely, I know the loyal listeners are with me when we say best wishes to you guys on uh, continued speedy recovery. Thanks, bud. Over here, diaper dad diary. Of the week before I left, um, my flight on Sunday was like midday, so I was able to hang out and have breakfast. Uh, you know, with uh, with Kramer. So I, I was cooking some eggs, and uh, Kramer put me in timeout. This is the first time ever. Kramer put me in timeout <laughs> for cooking egg.
2: So Should have known he like better.
0: Brought, he brought me to his room, shut the door, and he's like, Daddy, you're in timeout. He, like, pushed me to the room. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how is this timeout worthy? So he put, he put me in there, and I just kept yelling at him, like, this doesn't make any sense. And eventually he let me out. But, uh, yeah, I got put in timeout.
1: You better tighten up, man. I want K-Man's side here, dude. I think you've been running you've been running hot and loose, dude. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> gotta whip you back into shape, man. Good job, K man.
0: All uh, right, yeah. Maybe I was getting a little hot headed
1: after. Dude, these kids are now. something else, man. <laughs> dude, I'm sure you uh I'm sure you agree with me, man. We are in the thick of uh of uh you know that just, man, these kids are something else. This like two and a half age seems to be like dude, there's a lot going on, man. Like the personality and the stuff is just booming, um. man. Every day is a wild one. Yeah,
2: they're uh,
0: they're fighting back physically and mentally. Oh yeah, and uh, it's already getting too close to call. (laughs) So, all right, Mabini Mike, season three, episode number twenty-two, conference championship
1: weekend. How do you want to close this out? Hey, Big Bet Brent. As always, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate our loyal listener. And (laughs) I cannot wait more than one. (laughs) I cannot wait for championship. Round football, man. We got a good one coming up. We're gonna stack some ched. We're gonna keep it going. Keep a lookout on our Twitter feed at It's a Lock Podcast. We're gonna be tweeting out some uh, some spicy little morsels ahead of championship weekend, and we'll see you out there on the gridiron. My man, can't wait to do it again. Awesome,
0: well said, couldn't have said it better myself. That is gonna do it for season three, episode number twenty-two, it's a lock podcast. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and
2: see you next week.